the word is spirit and it is life. And uh, the, more you, the more you walk with the Lord, the more you pray, spend time with the Lord, realize how much he loves you, the more vibrant the word becomes to you. So when you approach it, you approach it expecting, expecting to hear God speak, expecting him to reveal himself to you in a fresh and new way. And he, can, and he can reveal himself to you in a fresh and new way through his word because his word is supernatural. It's not, well, it was written one time and whatever it, it, they meant when they wrote it, it's the same thing today. It's supernatural, meaning that what was written is so and more is so. Amen? And more is so. You can read something last year, read it this year, and it, you can apply it to what you're experiencing now differently than you did with, with what happened before because it's supernatural. It's active, it's alive, and it's designed for some good things. Number one, it's designed to save every soul. It's designed to save every life. It's designed to heal. There's healing in the Word of God. There's life in the Word. It's designed to give life. It's designed to, to expand your life. It's designed to, to magnify your faith. You may have mustard seed faith. Read in the Word about something the Lord did, and that expands your faith. To believe God for everything that he said that you could have. Everything that he said you could be, it's in the word of God. And so studying this word is, is a blessing. And uh, there's a blessing for reading your Bible. There's a passage in the scripture that says you're blessed if you read it. If you just read it, there's a blessing. Somebody said, well, I would read it, but I don't understand everything. You ain't got to understand everything. You understand the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So if you read it, there's a blessing for reading the Word of God. Amen? And uh, so, so we, want to be, we want to get ever more comfortable with the Word of God so that the Word becomes spirit, not just life, but spirit and life. Not just as a saying, but as reality. Meaning what? The more you read the Word, the more it gets into your spirit which means the more it's in your spirit, the more it will come to your mind, which is if it's in your spirit, the more it will come to your body. So that the word on the inside of you can heal your body. The more word on the inside of you can heal your mind. The more word on the inside of you can heal your thinking. When you be thinking crazy, the word can make you think right. Amen. Amen. So, so the, the more you do it, the more you'll be in love with the Word of God. And uh, I've had the experience of, of not feeling like reading the Word. Anybody ever had that experience? You had that experience, okay? Not feeling like it, but then reading it, and you, and one, and you start reading just a little bit, and it changed how you feel because it's spirit and it's life. When you're thinking negative, that's not life. 
But when you get into the word, life comes. Amen? So we're, I'm glad about that. Glad you're here tonight. Glad to see you tonight. You tonight. You tonight. Glory to God. Glad, to, glad for our Facebook family to be with us tonight. Thank you for choosing to study the word with us. So as we as we are continuing in this study, seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible, uh, last time we were looking at some of the books of history about the history of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. And we were looking at the book of first Kings. Who remembers that? Second Kings. Who remembers that? OK. And uh, we, we went all through first Samuel, second Samuel, and we've been looking at these twin books. 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. And they all uh, relay Israel's history, but also in the midst of their history, Jesus is, is present. Jesus can be seen in their history. And we looked at some ways where we could see him plainly and clearly. Um, and there's some more ways that as you go back and read and study, he's going to reveal to you even more that Jesus was present, always present. He said, how often is he with us? Always. always. Amen. So, so there's more to see in this. And as I said to you when we started, we're just doing a survey of seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. Um, but there's, there's more depth to go in the Word. And, uh, but we're enjoying what we're doing right now. Isn't that right? Glory to God. So... Let's now, um, I think let's look a little bit more at the books of Kings. We looked at 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. Let's look, go a little bit further into the, into the books of Kings, 1 and 2 Kings. And um, I think I told you last time that those two books of the Bible cover a vast period of time. And... Uh, we, we've been taught to read the Bible just line upon line and verse by verse and, and all of that which is perfect and it's wonderful and it's good. And sometimes though when we're reading it, we don't realize that between verse 3 and verse 4 could have been 400 years. Or between chapter 5 and chapter 7 could be 200 years. And so in this study we're getting to see that which is designed to help us understand Understand what? That God's always working. He's always working. And if he spoke something, it's going to come to pass. If he said something, if he promised something, he's going to do it. He said, well, I was, I've been waiting, I've been waiting two weeks. And, I, and I'm tired of waiting. I, I thought by now that, that, that the victory I was claiming, I would have it by now. It's been two weeks. And sometimes we get a victory in two weeks, isn't that grand? Sometimes we get a victory in an in a instant, and that's even glorious, right? But when the Lord is about purpose, and when the Lord is about his promises, no matter how long you have, no matter how long it takes, he's going to do it. And so when we're studying this history of his people, we're getting to see that what he told them in the beginning, he's going to do it. Suppose in the middle of, in the middle of him getting it done, they mess up. 
He's still going to do it. What if in the middle of, 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 of what he promised, uh, they fall out? He's still going to do what he said. What if in the middle they commit sin? Whatever he promised, he's still going to do it. Why? Because the word says all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Meaning I will do it, that's it. You heard me? <laughs> that, that, that's what that means, yes and amen. You heard me, I said I was going to do it. If he said it, he's going to do it. My Lord, why is it taking so long? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm impatient too. But, I, but, but what I do know is that what he promised, he will do. And what we see when we study um, in these passages, looking for Jesus in all these books, we get to see that the Lord's still going to do what he said. Amen? And so, and so whatever you're waiting on, whatever you're believing for, and, and it hasn't shown up, it hasn't manifest yet, if he promised it, it's going to happen. Amen? Amen? If he promised it, it's going to happen. And as we're studying tonight, you're going to see that over hundreds of years, what he spoke year one, and year 397, it still is coming to pass. Amen. Glory to God. So today, I was, I was upset because something was supposed to have happened, and it ain't happened yet. So when, when you're waiting for something to happen, it don't happen yet, what happened? Get upset. Get an attitude. Get mad. Get frustrated. Get mad. Real, real mad. Want to quit. Cave in. Don't do, do nothing else no more. Never, ever. I've been waiting since last year this time. And you get hot about that thing, right? So I was getting hot about some things today. I was like, I was getting upset, <laughs> getting upset. And then if you have the Holy Ghost, he'll talk to you. If you have the Spirit of God in, on the inside of you, he will visit you to remind you of his promises or yes and amen. And so, and so he visited me when I was, when I was in a huff. When I was all swollen up like a frog, he visited me, and he and he said, um, "What what time of year is this?" And I said, "Well, you know, it's the it's the end of June. It's the end of June." And he said, oh, "It's the end of June." I said, "Yes." He said. So you, you just kind of, you just not in a great place today, are, is that right? I said, yes. <laughs> not in a great place today. He said, but it's the end of June, right? And I said, yes, it's the end of June. And I was expecting some things at the beginning of June, and it's the end of June. <laughs> and so he said, but it's the end of June. I said, yes. And then he didn't say nothing else. Didn't even say nothing. And I'm like, and? So he didn't say nothing, so I just kept on doing, going about, my, going about my day, going about what I had to do. And then all of a sudden, as I was going about what I was go had to do, 
he brought to my remembrance. He brought to my remembrance June, the end of June last year. And at the end of June last year, my car went 100% out of control and started speeding through the parking lot backwards, in reverse. No way to stop it. Brake pedal to the floor. Nothing happening. The car is moving in reverse. Cars all around on, the, on every side. Other cars parked. Next to the building, next to the building was what was, was an MRI machine that if we crashed into it, it would have been a nuclear disaster. And in the midst of that, he, 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 he spoke to me and he said, what I've told you, what I promised, I am able to perform it. And when your car was 100% out of control, going in reverse, you couldn't stop it. I stopped it. And you, and you got out the car without a scratch. No hurt, no harm, no danger to you. Because my promises are yes and amen. I will do what I said. Amen. And after that, I, I cooled way out. I just calmed right down. I chilled out. And that's what, that's what he's saying to you tonight. Chill out. He got you. Bring back to remembrance something that he promised that he's already done. His promises are yes and amen. He will do what he said. And when everything is out of control and you have no control over it, he's still in control. And if he can control the out of control vehicle going in reverse, because when it happened to us, I went online and I read about somebody else who had the identical same car, same circumstance, same situation. Their car went through a plate glass window. But mine did not. So I just chilled out. I said, okay, Lord, your promises are yes and amen. You promised it, it's going to happen. I'm good. Say I'm good. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Glory to God. Amen. So, last time we were talking about King David and uh, his son, who became the king after him. Who was that? Solomon was his son who became the king after him. We talked about King David uh, being a man after God's own heart because he was, he was forgiven much. He was forgiven and he was forgiving. He could have killed the king Saul before him, but he did not. And uh, he demonstrated the strength of God. He was a warrior, 
like our Savior is the Word. He was a shepherd, like Jesus is a shepherd. And his son after him became the king over the nation of Israel. Then after that, Solomon's, one of Solomon's sons became the king, and everything started going haywire, crazy, going straight down. Because Solomon, who was full of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, brilliant, and all that, his children were not identical to that. So he had a son who became the king after him, and he was, his name was Rehoboam, and he caused the kingdom of Israel to split apart. And then it became the divided kingdom. And uh, we talked about that last time, how Israel became divided. But it wasn't divided straight in half. It was divided 10 of the tribes and two of the tribes. And the 10 tribes were in the northern part of the nation, um, and, the, and the two tribes were in the southern part of the nation, but there was a great division that came. And the northern tribes, after the division, they decided that uh, they were just going to do their own thing, and uh, the person who was the ruler over them at that time said, don't y'all go down there to, to the southern part of, of our nation to go to Jerusalem, to the temple and all that, because uh, we, we're mad at them. And we, 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 we done broke fellowship with them. So, so uh, there, there was a great division. So when the division came, the nation of Israel was surrounded by enemies, surrounded by other nations that wanted their land, their promised land. And because they became divided, they became weak. And through their weakness, and their division, they were able to be conquered and taken over by their adversaries. So the 10 northern tribes uh, were taken over by one of their neighbors called the Assyrians. And the Assyrians came in and tore up everything, slaughtered a whole bunch of people in the northern kingdom, and uh, created a disaster. And they came in, took over the, the city, and scattered the people, and in fact took them out of their promised land back to Assyria. And they marched them into exile to be slaves, to be laborers. Here's the Lord's chosen people. But because of, of division, because of failure to worship, because of failure to keep God first, an enemy comes in, now they're being taken captive. And they're taken away to Assyria. And when they get to the, to the land of the Assyrians, the Assyrians don't let them stay together as the 10 tribes. They scatter them all over their reach, all over their air, all over their land because they did not want them to come together in any kind of agreement. Because if they had stayed together, they would have maybe come to their right mind and realize, we don't belong here, we're God's people, why don't, we, why don't we come together and fight our way back to our homeland? So the Assyrians allowed them to be scattered all over their region. So that was the 10 northern tribes got scattered. The two southern tribes 
Judah and Benjamin, uh, they, they went over into idolatry. Now you wonder how in the world could they do that? But uh, evil company corrupts good morals is what the Bible says. And they started, they started having lots of friends and fellowship with their no good neighbors. Their no good neighbors were the nations outside of theirs. And they started hanging out with them. They started partying with them, you know. They started, you know, they started marrying them. They started, you know, saying, that's my girlfriend, and, and I like him. He looked better than, than these people around here. And so they started intermingling with those people. And sometimes when you intermingle with people, it's a good thing. Other times, it, cannot, it can be a not-so-good thing if you take on what they're doing. I mean, as Christians, we're, we're, we're supposed to relate to the unsaved. We're supposed to relate to, to the unchurched. We're supposed to connect with people, aren't we? Yes. yes. But, but, but not take on all that they're, they're doing if it don't line up with the word. If it what? If it does not line up with the word of God. So they started intermingling and they started worshiping other gods statues and, and wooden figures and, and all kinds of, they started worshiping those things. Do you think the Lord was pleased with that? Of course not. But when they started doing that, they, they lost, they started moving further and further closer to the Lord or further away. They started moving further and further away from the Lord. Now when you're moving further and further away from the Lord, somebody's watching you. Who's watching you when you're moving further and further away? God's watching, and your adversary's watching to see if, you, if you're going to move away, then just come all the way over on my side. And that's, what the peop and that's what the two tribes began to do. They began to be pulled away from God and worshiping these other idols to the point that um, they let down their guard. And the devil's looking for you to let down your guard so he can come in. And so, and so he did come in on the southern tribes because of their idolatry, failure to worship God, failure to serve God as they had been instructed. And so the Assyrians came into the tribes in the north. The Babylonians came in to the tribes in the south. And the Babylonians said, oh, y'all don't worship God no more? All right. All right, then. So when they called, so, so, so when the Babylonians came in, they were, basically, they were basically defeated. And the Babylonians took the southern tribe people and took them back to Babylon. Y'all heard this before, right? Yes. They were carried away back to, to, to uh, Babylon. And um, Jerusalem was tore up. The temple was torn down. And now the southern tribes are under a king, not of their choosing. They were under a Babylonian king named Nebuchadnezzar. Who's heard that before? You heard that before, right? Yes. So, so they've been carried away, and now they're in Babylon. Now, how long do you think they were over there? Two weeks? Three months? 
six months. They were over there about 50 years. 50 years. 50 years in Babylon, nowhere near their promised land. 50 years. So some of the people that were taken over there, guess what happened when they got over to Babylon? Do you think they all stayed alive for 50 years? Some of them died over there. Out of place. Because they forgot about God. So they're over there in Babylon. In Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar allowed them to stay together as the, as the Israelite people, as the Jewish people. And, um, and, as, and as they settled in, because they had gotten used to functioning without God, they kind of settled in over there and some of them got, and they got comfortable over there. It's like, it's all right. Yeah, we're not, in, is, we're not in our native land. We're not in the promised land anymore, but now we've been working hard and we got some stuff now and, and, uh, and uh, we got some food now and, and, and we got some lot, cattle of our own and livestock and, and, and we're not doing so bad. It's not, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world to be over here. But uh, while they were over there, prophets were speaking, still speaking into them. The word of the Lord was still being heard in their ears, reminding them of who they were, reminding them of where they came from, reminding them of who they belong to. Okay? So, let's, let's tonight advance a little bit. Let's open our Bibles because I do want you to see something in the Word tonight. Okay. Let's go to mm, let's go to the book of Ezra. First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and then Ezra. Are you there? On the way? We're going to Ezra. First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra. We're going, we're going to look um, at the book of Ezra. No, let's go to Second Chronicles before we do that. Second Chronicles, you were right, Kurt. Thank you. Ah, glory to God. All right. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Chapter one. Let's start chapter one. I won't tell you where I'm really going because then you'll be like, oh yeah, I already know that. <laughs> ah, glory to God. So now the Lord's people are, are in what? Okay? They're, they're, they're in strange lands, right? Ten tribes in Assyria, two tribes 
in, in Babylon, and they stay someplace where they don't belong, right? Right. So, <clears throat> what do you think the Lord did? They off somewhere where they don't belong. What do you think he did? What does he do to you when you're off somewhere where you don't belong? <laughs> he rescues. He rescues you, right? And so, and so he starts the process of rescuing people. Had he ever rescued them before? Many times. Many times. And so he starts the process of rescuing them yet again. So... Uh, in, 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 in the process of doing that, um, he was having prophets speak into their lives. He, he was having priests speak into their lives. He was beginning to show himself yet again. So 2 Chronicles is where we are. Let's go to chapter 7. Because now they all tore up his people. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We in a mess. We want out of this mess. Are you there? Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, let's go to verse 14. Are you there? Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Are you there? Do you see it? Okay, and it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their what? I will heal their land. He's speaking to them. He's what? He's speaking to them. And when they get in the rough place, then they begin to remember what he said to them. And this is one of the things that he said to them. Okay? So, let's look also, 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Because prior to them getting in, in the horrible mess they got themselves into, they still had leaders over them. They still had priests over them, speaking life to them, speaking the word of the Lord over them. Okay? Are you, Second Chronicles chapter 15. Okay? And here's one of the prophets speaking to them. 15 verse 1. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. Who's Azariah? Azariah is a prophet, okay? And he went out to meet Asa, who was a Jewish king, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will, what? 
he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. This is what had been going on. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And the nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity while they were being crazy. But the prophet says, be ye, verse 7, be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be, what? Rewarded. Say, that's my word. Say, that's my word. I receive it as mine. As mine. Okay? Let's go over to chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 because I'm wanting you to see some passages that you may be familiar with, and I'm wanting you to have the context of what was going on because the Lord was working on his people. And, and, and all kinds of stuff was happening to them, and, uh, and when they thought they were, they were big and bad enough to handle it, they were ignoring him. But now, prayer is going on. Now, they're beginning to come back. Okay? So 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 1, and it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Who was Jehoshaphat? He was one of the kings of, of Israel. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. And what did he do when he feared? And set himself to seek the Lord. What are you supposed to do when you fear? Set yourself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. He proclaimed a what? A fast for how many people? All. He proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Why? Why did he proclaim a fast? Because they was, he was afraid. So if the, if, the, if the ruler is afraid, the folks are terrified. Right? And, and, and so now it's like, we, he has nothing else to do. And when you don't know, and after you've done everything you know to do, when you're functioning in your flesh, in your own feelings, in your own way, then who do you turn to? God. And does he receive us when we do that? Yes, gladly, happily, with love. Okay? So, he proclaimed the fast. Where am I? Verse 3, okay. And Judah, verse 4, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask, what? Help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came 
To do what? To seek the Lord. They came where? They came to what? They came where? To the club? Where'd they come? To the temple. To the house of the Lord. Where'd they come from? All over the nation, all over Judah. Because they were terrified. Because they were afraid. Because a fast had been proclaimed. Verse 5, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art thou not thou our God? who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. What is Jehoshaphat saying? Lord, don't you remember what you did for Lord, you, you, ain't you, you the one, you great, you wonderful. You, you gave this land to, to, to Abraham, your friend forever, and, and, all, and his seed forever, and we be his seed forever. And he goes on and, 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 and reminds the Lord of everything the Lord already know. You ever try to remind the Lord of something he already know? That's what, well, this is what Jehoshaphat is doing on behalf of the people. Verse 12. O our God, wilt thou not judge them who are coming against us? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Who's ever heard this passage before? You heard this before? Yes. Verse 13, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Correct? Okay. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And, this, and so here's, one, here's a prophet who's getting ready to do what? Prophesy to the terrified people of God. Verse 15, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Who's heard that before? Verse 16. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Did they know this? They didn't even know. They were so terrified. They didn't know how the adversary was coming against them. But now, through the prophet, the word of the Lord is telling them, what to do. He'll do it for you too. Amen. Verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. 
Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be what? For the Lord will be what? With you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, and, and of the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with what kind of voice? With a loud voice on high. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Here you go. You're going to love this. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, what? So shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed what? Singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say what? Praise, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now they're going out. This, they, they, this, is, this is going out into a warfare situation. Before the word of the Lord came, they were in fear and terror. What happened when the word of the Lord came to them? They settled down. Peace came over them. Their ears opened up. And they heard. Now they're willing to do what? Obey. And do what the Lord would say. Correct? All right. Before Jehoshaphat was in a, he was in a state. Fearful, right? We just read that. But now... It's the next day. Now it's when? It's the next day. And they're in a whole different frame of mind, a whole different place in their hearts. Because their hearts have been what? Turned back to God. Are you getting this? Okay. So now they got praisers. Why they got praisers? That was the instruction, wasn't it? Okay, so they got praisers going out in front of them. Praise, saying, praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Verse 22, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Who was smitten? The enemies were smitten. Through thick praise, through thick worship. Verse 23, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inheritance, the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to, to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. Meaning what? The enemy turned on himself. The enemies turned against one another. And God's people were saved. 
verse 24. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude and behold, the enemies. Behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none of the adversary escaped. Verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. What happened here? Who showed up? God showed up. Did, did, did God do for them what they asked? Over and above what they asked. He did what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all, they asked or thought or dreamed or imagined. Why? He's God. And who were they? His people. He saved them from their adversaries, so they were saved alive, and blessings on top. Everybody got, everybody got, broke off a little piece, right? No, that ain't, that ain't what the word said. The word didn't say everybody could break off a little piece. They got, they got, they got the, what was, they got the gold, and, and they got, but they didn't get just a little piece. The word says, if, number one, it took them three days to collect all the jewels, all the valuable things that, the em that their enemy had. It took them three days to gather it to all together, and then after they gathered, they couldn't even carry it all. What is that called? Everybody shake, we all shaking our heads. What is that called? <laughs> Exceeding abundant above all that we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. Who does that? God. So, so, so they, have been, they have been wandering far away from the Lord. They have gone over into idolatry. Now they have enemies coming against them. They're terrified. <laughs> they turn to the Lord in prayer. The Lord gives them victory over their enemies. And then he gives them the spoil. What is spoil? Rotten, rotten eggs, is that spoil? No. What is spoil? The goodies. All the good stuff left behind by their adversaries, by their enemies. So, 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 what, 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 what one word do we know related to Jesus that, that would speak to what the Israelites got in that moment? Yes, say it out loud. Grace. I can read lips, see, I'm good, right? <laughs> Grace. They received abounding grace abundant grace, 
overflowing grace. Did they earn it? Did they earn it? Did they deserve it? But did they receive it? They did receive it. Is it available to us? Yes. It's available to us because of the, of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That we might be saved, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And the Lord was already demonstrating that for us all the way in the early history of the nation of Israel. It's written down for our learning, for understanding, to give us peace right here, right now. Whatever you're in, whatever you're going through right here, right now, turn to the Lord in prayer. That's, what, that's all they had to do was turn to the Lord. They were fearful, they were terrified, and they turned to the Lord in prayer. And he got busy immediately speaking into their life through a prophetic word. Speak. You can hear a prophet speak by just opening your Bible. If a prophet shows up, wonderful. If a prophet don't show up, open your Bible. There's, there's tons of prophets in there can speak to you. And the word of the Lord is true now, just as it was then, because it's for everlasting life. Amen? It's for all of our lives. Amen? To get something out of this tonight, to God be the glory for his word. We saw Jesus. We're seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. To God be the glory.